Welcome to Broadcast with a capital BR. I'm your host, Gio, and I'm joined by our co-host, Dr. Shrimpley. And we thank you for clicking that play button. Doctor, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Just came off finishing up that tournament for Leave No Witness. We all remember them. But uh, with all that crazy excitement, how are you today? I'm I'm good. Been some stressful days at work. Uh, sold all my weight equipment. Um, you know, so just trying to get get through the holiday season the best I can with four kids and buying toys and and buying stuff that we will probably won't need past two months and all that kind of stuff. But other than that, it's been pretty pretty good time. I get to officiate my brother's wedding this or my twins' wedding. So that's more than brother sometimes to some people. I get to officiate that this Saturday. Um, so pretty excited about that. Pretty nervous. He says, he texts me the other night. And he's like, yeah, I think there's going to be like 156 people there. And I'm like, uh, I've never done a wedding in my life. Uh, oh my goodness. So yeah, uh, but you can read. So yeah. you're doing pretty good there. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, but yeah. So how, how did the tournament go tonight? I'm curious. It was absolute insanity my guy like this we had some a, a bunch of ALGS teams there for it of course you know we had an ALGS team that was putting it on but it just it was crazy high energy and everything uh there was some crazy discrepancies right off the rip we had a uh, server that just didn't want to work with people half the teams couldn't even connect to it so we were ended up starting like 15 20 minutes late but uh it it was crazy i absolutely love high end apex it's nuts yeah, and if you don't know what he's talking about, you know, we just we just interviewed Leave No Witness Gaming, uh, which is a, um, you know, they have an ACE, a ALGS team in South America or for the South America region. So you need to make sure to, to go back and check that interview out um, because it was awesome. It was really cool. You know, it was a mixture of languages. It was a mixture of people from different areas, uh, from different backgrounds, all coming together to discuss Apex and then also talk about what they do as an organization mixing gaming with dancing and then also what it looks like for them uh, running an ALGS team. And then also we got to talk to the in-game leader about his experience. And of course it was pretty cool that we had their translator there and he was able to speak his language and they were able to translate for us. And so it was a really, really, really cool interview. It was interesting. Some of the points he brought up, some of the things he said about like the guns he uses, the, the calls he makes, the rotations, the maps, all that kind of stuff. It was very interesting, very fun interview. And so we can't thank Leave the Witness enough for that opportunity. And of course, Dr. Shrimpley probably thanks them just as so much for the opportunity to cast the series as well, right? Oh, yeah. I wasn't even supposed to be involved at all. Um, they had picked up the caster that I usually did the CCE tournaments for Chicken Coop Esports. And uh, he'd hit me up and he was like, hey, man, uh, we're doing qualifiers. You want to join me? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, cool. It's, it's a little one off thing. So we asked somebody because it's supposed to be him and one of their guys. And then something changed. And then it was me and him on the main channel to like, I think we peaked at a little over 100 viewers. It's crazy, crazy. Man, that's that's awesome. So, yeah. So you also go check that out. Make sure you're checking out their Twitter and their Instagram and all that. And of course, all the information will be found on their social media at Leave No Witness Gaming. So make sure to go check that out. And you'll find Dr. Shrimpley there in his succulent voice oh, in that yeah. kind of stuff. So <laughs> uh, with that, broadcast as an Apex Legends podcast is your number one ultimate source of Apex for Legends related content from news, deep dives to community related topics, as well as 
ALGS. So we hope that you will join us for our quest for knowledge and mastery as we explore Apex Legends together. With that said, we'd like to welcome all of our first-time listeners. If you would like to become a part of the broadcast community, please visit our link tree at linktree forward slash br underscore broadcast. Again, that's linktree forward slash br underscore broadcast, where you will find all of our links. And, you know, just like one of my favorite podcasts, uh, True Crime Garage says, let's get into the business. So (laughs) they do it a lot better. The business. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's get into the business. So um, with that, the topics tonight are, of course, our announcements and quick topics as usual. Then we have our ALGS structure. We'll touch on it lightly like we have the past couple of ALGS podcasts. Then we'll talk about the results from the APEC South region. So that's the Asia Pacific South region um, of the ALGS. Um, If you haven't caught along so far, we have covered the NA region we have covered the EMAA region and we have covered the APAC North region. So the APAC South was our four, our week four. And in week five, we'll cover the South America region. Um, and we've kind of also already hit on that with the leave no witness interview, but definitely we'll be talking more about than just, just leave no witness. We'll be talking about all the other teams and yeah, all the, be a little the deeper sweats. dive on it. Yeah. It'll be a lot deeper dive. Kind of like this episode will be. And then after that, we've got the rise of Valk and the fall of Rafe movement legend pick rates. So, um, you know, Valk has kind of seen this. She's always getting picked in ALGS. So we want to talk about who has Valk truly replaced. Has Valk replaced the late Wraith in the ALGS? Has Valk replaced Octane? Who has Valk replaced? So we will talk about that as our final topic tonight. You do not want to miss it. So with that, we have some show announcements and quick topics. So the other night we had, it was, it was supposed to be Hurdle and Elmer Fudd, our other co-hosts, uh, and they were supposed to play through Halo. One, two, three, all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, of course, the them playing, uh, one playing on console, one playing on PC did not work, so they ended up inviting a whole bunch of us who were already playing Halo Infinite to a game night where it ended up being nine people in a party chat. Now, to put some preference behind this, People like me and Dr. Shrimpley, it's probably been a while since we played with nine people in a chat on a FPS game because, I mean, look at what games have come out lately. It's all BR or it's like, you know, three versus three, six versus six. You don't ever get up to nine people in a chat channel anymore. And so we got into big team with nine people. I mean, this was one of the best nights of like since starting broadcast because it was it was basically a lot of people in the broadcast community and the AA uh, Apex Arena's podcast community that came together to play Halo. And man, was it fun, Doctor Shibley? What do you think, man? That was great. Oh, it was it was awesome. Just pure nostalgia. It it felt so good. Like I really hope that we get to do that again, and we can invite some more of y'all if y'all play Infinite at all or whatever, and and try to get like a full lobby going for big team battle and just have a good time. You should really go back and rewatch those streams that were going on because the amount of just entertainment value from a viewer standpoint that you can get from that is just mortal bene. Like just do it, <laughs> man. It was it was it was definitely something. It was amazing. Um, you know, a couple of those games, man, we won by the skin of our teeth. I remember the control point game where you have to take A, B, and C. We won with 16 seconds left, and it went into overtime basically for us to win it as we were capping the last point. 
Absolutely nuts. And then after we actually got done playing, and then we didn't get done playing until like 1 or 2 a.m., me, crazy. Hurdle, Adam Bomb, and Crazy jumped into Ranked directly after that. And let me tell you, some of those Ranked games in A-Halo Infinite are like, they will leave you on your like seat, just like on the edge of your seat, sitting there like, oh my gosh, are we just won by like, I, it was one game I remember we were playing. It was Oddball where you capture the skull and you hold the skull for as long as you can. It was 49 to 49. Literally, we were trading back the ball back and forth and no one could score a point. And then all of a sudden, like, I get this headshot on somebody. I pick up the ball and, like, I jump off the edge of something so that I could get away for the one second we needed to win the game. And it was just like, holy smokes. Crazy. So. Oh, yeah. And Halo so- Infinite is crazy. So if you haven't played Halo, definitely go check it out. It's free to play the multiplayer um, and of course the campaign will probably be just as crazy um, with that. So with that, I would also to like to um, extend a thank you to someone that's very important to us. Um, Hurdle three K is someone that we picked on, on this podcast for a long time. <laughs> he I'm runs the, to. <laughs> yeah, there's no way we're going to leave him alone still. Cause we know his heart's still in apex arenas. We know that he loves that. We know that he wants it to be better. We know that he eventually wants to come back. Um, But basically he announced in his last episode that that uh, that was going to be his last episode for the Apex Arenas podcast Um, because of the state of the game. As far as arenas is concerned, he isn't a BR person, which, you know, some people aren't BR people. That's okay. But he announced that um, on his show. And of course, you know, with that comes a lot of things like he had built a community He had been putting out content. He had put out some challenges and some tournament kind of stuff. And so that all kind of stopped. So, you know, when that happens, um, you know, sometimes we, we, we expect, we kind of think that we have to give it um, a reason behind that. And he, he went ahead and told us some of the things he's going, going on in his life. And so it was really cool getting to hear him be transparent with us and be, you know, and, and you kind of, for, for someone like me, it just showed me that, man, this dude's just a great guy. Like he's just a great guy that wanted to do something for the community, put together a podcast, put together a great discord, put together some great game nights, put together some great tournaments and just, just had fun with it. And so hurdle, we can't thank you enough for allowing us to be joking back and forth, allowing us to even use your community as a um, kind of a place where we can expose or where we can bring to light broadcast and all that kind of stuff. So such a great guy. We appreciate everything that you've done for Apex, and we can't wait for your return, um, and we hope that that is imminent. So, Dr. Shrimpley, did you have anything you'd like to say to Hurdle? Hurdle, thank you for 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 what you did. Um, your podcast is like actually what kept me going on arenas, because like we always joke, it's the best game trainer. I mean, it is. It truly is. But <laughs> it's a great place to actually get warmed up, but it's also a fun game mode sometimes when BR just isn't you're just not feeling it that night and he's right though with the state of arenas now i could see why he doesn't want to keep forcing himself to do something that he's not enjoying anymore and while i'm sad to see arenas go i'm happy to know that he well to see uh aa meeting go that i'm glad to know that he wants to keep going eventually he just needs to take a moment get through the holiday season spend some quality time with his family and then I mean, who knows what, what's in store for him after this? Absolutely. And so if you guys want to check him out, 
I'm, I think he's at uh, twitch.tv forward slash H-E-R-T-E-L-3-K. So make sure you go check him out. He plans on streaming some things such as Titanfall 2, Halo. Um, I know there's a couple other games that he mentions in his podcast. So definitely go support him that way. And, of course, make sure that if you haven't yet, go ahead and join that Discord as he will keep that up and going. For anybody who loves arenas, make sure you join that Discord. Um, and so our final two quick topics are – we have the interview with Kate Yeager coming up on December 8th. She is the host of the AOGS for the North America and um, Europe, Middle East, and Africa regions. So definitely jump in on that. We'll be uh, getting those questions sent out to her soon and look forward to talking to her next week. And then following that on the 12th, so I believe it, it's actually the same week as we'll be interviewing her, I think. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's the same week that we're interviewing her. We will be interviewing Kick Esports from the EMA, EM, EMEA region as well. And so Kick has been around a long time and they are putting some numbers in. It might, I know in ALGS right now, I think they're like seventh or so in the region. Um, maybe it maybe a little higher, maybe a little lower or lower. I don't know. We'd have to check more into the, the exactly where they are. Uh, but I know for a fact that they just played in a tournament recently and they called it their pizza money where they just dominated teams. So we've definitely uh, look forward to getting them on, having another discussion. Uh, uh, and I think this time it's not with the org owners and stuff like that. It's going to be mainly with the team. So we'll get more in-depth team questions out there to them. And so we hope that you can enjoy that. Uh, we, I know we're looking forward. And of course, Dr. Shrimpley, I appreciate you landing this interview with Kick Esports and, you know, we're, we're, we're working on more, so it's, it's not going to stop there. Um, you know, the more people we get in here to interview, the more people that are willing to interview and the more content we can bring to you. So if you have any ties to an organization that is in the ALGS and you feel like they would love to have a spot on our show, definitely send them our way. Dr. Shibley, did you have any comments for either one of those interviews? I mean, <clears throat> maybe not those specifically, cause I mean, you've said it all on those, but if you are, in fact, a part of an ALGS organization and you feel like you just need a little more exposure and you're up there and you're, you're doing good, like just for another quick reference to Leave No Witness, I found out that their sister organization literally is Alpha Intelligence, right? They're in the Challenger series. They're not full ALGS and they currently have two records for most points after a series of games and then doing it again in the next series so like mm -hmm. i would love to have them on because that's his literal sister joker's <laughs> sister and his mother <laughs> oh, wow they came and stole their team it's funny if anything this just shows that you can i mean you can start a team if you really if your desire is to play professional um professional league in any video game you can get a team going you can do um you can do all that in order to be successful in that area. It might not bring you the most money, but the satisfaction that comes with it would, would be worth more than money. Right. So uh, with that, why don't we go into our topic one? So our topic one, of course, is the ALGS structure. Um, if you want to hear an in-depth ALGS structure discussion where I talk about it, make sure you go back and check out our North America region um, podcast in the ALGS. And you will hear 16 minutes straight of me going through like all of it. But what I'm going to do here is give a highlight. So basically with the ALGS structure, there's two splits. Uh, each split um, has 
uh, teams uh, in four groups, right? So North America, all the different regions have teams in four groups of 10 teams and you, they call they're called A, B, C, and D. And so basically each week in the ALGS, these uh, two, two letters, so A or B or C or D or A or C or A or D um, will go against each other and, and fight for that top spot for that week against their opponents or whatever letter the opponent is. And basically that's where you have your two days worth of games. It's either A versus B one day and C versus D the next or any random combination of those letters. Right. And so that's how that works on a, um, on a, on a game day. Right. That's exactly how it works. So then you, after the split one, you will have the at risk teams. They will go and they will play against the challenger circuit teams and basically the eight teams that return back from that facing the other teams that they're pitted, pitted against will in fact join in the ALGS for split two. And so what will happen is that the top teams in from split one from different regions um, and all of those are different. Like there can be, it's all about like how many teams are scored this and all that kind of stuff from each region. Um, like for instance, I think apex uh, or apex South, Will only be sending i think four or five teams to this to the playoffs whereas like i think uh na na and emea will be sending like eight or something like that a piece so it's a little bit different depending on what region you're in um so of course after the at-risk teams come back and they try to play out do all that then you'll have your playoffs where the top three teams from your split one playoffs will go straight to the championships past split two and all that kind of stuff of course they'll be able to play in split two because they can make more money that way um, then split two will occur. So there'll be a team reset of all split two. Then you'll have the split twos playoffs again, um, probably another uh, at-risk teams kind of thing or something. Well, you won't have at-risk at that point because there's no more coming back. So after the split two playoffs, then you'll have your championships, which should happen sometime either in the next summer or fall of next year. And so that's exactly what you're looking at as far as what it looks like. Um, you know, for instance, uh, the the uh, split one playoffs, I believe, are either in January or February. So we won't even get to the end of split one until mid-spring. So that's kind of how it looks. Um, but as far as what we are covering today, on November 20th and 21st, the Apex South region played their day four. Uh, actually, no, I think it was their day seven and eight is what I believe it is. Yeah, day seven, match day seven and eight. Um, and they play it, they play it against the, they pit the two teams against each other. Um, but the places to watch them, of course, is you can watch them, I believe in Thai or in English. I believe that's what it is. Um, and so where to watch them in English would be at twitch.tv forward slash long shot. And so that's who you can go watch and you'll have your two casters that are speaking English. And of course they'll cover the whole two days in English for you to listen there. And so one of the things that I did in the last episode with the APEC North region is I talked a little about a bit about the country and region representation that is, is seen in this, this group. And so in the APEC South, we actually had 30% of the players coming from Thailand. We had 20% coming from Australia. We had 15% coming from Indonesia, 10% from China, nine from Taiwan, eight from Malaysia, 2% from Hong Kong, 2% from New Zealand, 2% from Singapore, 1% from India, and 1% from the Philippines. So, you know, this is exciting 
This is extremely exciting that that we get to see these types of teams go at, go after each other um, and, and people from all over, right, Shrimply? What do you, how do you feel about that kind of spread? Oh, I love it, man. <clears throat> Apex is putting bridges over gaps and connecting so many people from all across the world, and I'm all here for it, man. Yeah, man. It's I mean, I, I thought it was very interesting because, you know, they they of course they uh announced and stuff like that in in a language that I was worried about at first because whenever I go to do these ALGS and watch all this, that's one of the things I worry about is the is the language barrier whenever I try to listen. But then I'm so thankful that some of these have that English. I know that next the next week we cover is going to be South America and they don't have English at all. So we won't be able to watch it in English. So it'll be very, very interesting um, on how that is. They do have it in Spanish. So I'm a little bit, I can understand Spanish um, a little bit, but I'm not like that fluent. So on December 5th and 6th, I believe it is South America will play their match and we will cover that. Right. So I'll be covering, we'll be covering that next. Um, you know, some of the things that is really cool about this is, you know, for Apex South, we actually see a prize pool um, for uh, for playoffs being like around fifteen thousand uh, dollars or no for in that group for fifteen thousand dollars for split one. So, you know, some interesting money being thrown around there. I think the other groups might get a little bit more. I have no idea exactly how much they're making. Of course, if you want to go check that out, EA has a website where you can go check out all the ALGS. You can listen to the rules. You can do all that kind of stuff. Um, and they have that, like they have like the official rule book that talks about the structure, talks about all the prize money, talks about all the points and things like that. So, you know, with that, basically the only thing else to say is that, you know, basically what happens is after each match, a team is given a set of points and that those points are then built up match after match after match, um, a total of six matches for the day. And so then those six matches comprise to make the overall score. And so you get scoring from placements. I believe a first place win in ALGS is 15 points. And then of course kills are one point apiece. So I think it goes like 15 uh, and then like nine, seven or something like that. So that's what we'll be looking at whenever we talk about scores later is all that's all those game day scores coming at you. So with that, let's go ahead and move into the ALGS results, right? So the overall leaderboard going into week four, so going into the week that we're covering, um, you had Reignite with Templex, Jen Burton, and Zero with 31 points. So they were running the board, they were leading the board, and they had a significant lead over second place. Their main composition is actually a Gibby, a Cossack, and a Valk. It's the combo wombo that many people are using um, because of what Gibby does with his bubble, his his ultimate, what Caustic does with uh, with his defenses, and what Valk does with the rotation. Um, so these guys are in first by nine points, and they will definitely secure first place overall. That's definitely something that's going to happen, and I can go ahead and give you a foreshadowing of what those will look like. <laughs> that's me foreshadowing what we're going to talk about whenever we get to after week four, the amount of points they have. There's almost no way these guys are not going to get first. Um, but one of the cool things about this team is not only on the last week, uh, week three, did they score 117 points, but one of the coolest things that the casters talk about with this team is the, uh, the ability for reignite to land where they want and nobody can test them. 
nobody. So uh, it was pretty cool in this in this broadcast. Each broadcast of the ALGS, no matter where you go, is um, is different, right? So the ALGS one on this on this one is they had a uh, screen of World's Edge, and then they had a symbol of where where all the teams landed, right? So that was one thing that was pretty pretty cool there and so reignite was one of those teams that lands in fragment east out of everywhere in the map they choose to land they land fragment east so that was actually pretty cool that no one can contest them they said literally no one will contest them because fragment east is their spot so that was one of the the cool little details from reignite that you can get there that we learned from the casters so in second place going into week four we had burger uh team burger with 22 points, very, very, they hungry. thought it, they must have thought about that name, real. Yeah. So they have Emita, MT on, yeah, MT <laughs> on the Valk. They had Sharky on Gibby and Piercy or Parsi, Parsi on Cossack. Pricey, pricey. Sorry, I'm horrible with this. Um, but I actually, the names are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I actually think they lost, uh, pr- pr- pricey. I think that's, I think they didn't have pricey this week. So, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I heard the caster say that. So I'll be interested to see what happens with Team Burger as we continue to look for them in the finals. So the Exo Clan. (laughs) Me too, man. (laughs) Me too. So then we had Exo Clan in third with 22 points. So they were tied. They have uh, Calypso Pose. How do you say I can't that help one? you with that one, man. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just as lost as you are. I'm just going to call it KP. Yeah, Killapose. Oh, Killapose. There you go. I think they have Killapose on the Gibby or Horizon. That's the two characters that that person plays. They okay. had Dexter on Wraith. That was an easy name. And then they had Thank Chambers you. that plays Bloodhound or Pathfinder. So very, very different combination there. Very strange combination. Um, but we do still see that Gibby and the Wraith. It's interesting that none of them play Valk. So almost every squad now you want to have a Valk on. Um, so it's interesting seeing that third place going into this week did not even have a Valk on it. Um, so, you know, we have in going into this week, we have Rick Knight at 31 points, team burger at 22 overall points, uh, XO clan at 22 overall points for, this is for all the weeks so far um, because they take, they take the scores that you get from the game days. And then they end up saying, this is your, that goes towards, uh, your placement from that is what goes towards these scores, right? And so then you had Lightning Unicorn in twenty with twenty points in fourth, and then you had Inside the Ring with eighteen points in fifth. And so I really enjoyed watching these teams. Some of these teams, it was very interesting to just see how they played and see like how they ended up because a lot of these teams on the top would die extremely early. It really wasn't consistent on these were the top teams finishing in top five. It was like all over the board. So why don't we go ahead and hop into match day seven, November 19th, APEC South B versus C games. And so one of the things I want you all to know, and I always like to make this statement is uh, ALGS coverage by me is not something that, you know, I've no, like I was like, I've, you know, it's not something I'm super knowledgeable about. I'm not like, I didn't know all these teams. I don't know all these names. Um, so just, just know that going into this, that whenever I say names and all that stuff, you just know that this is me learning with you, right? This is not me saying, I know all this. Like if you come up and ask me about team reignite, I'm not going to be like, Oh yeah. Timplex plays this. I'm going to be like, yeah, man, let's, let's talk about the VOD. Let's look at it together kind of thing. So 
you know, just, just keep that in mind. So with that, we had game one. So here we go. We're going to go through all the games and I'm going to let Trimbley cover the leaders for that day. We'll go through all the games of the day two, and then we'll cover the leaders and then the overall leaders. So that's how it's going to happen. So game one starts with a ring heading towards lava. How, how dare you, right? Trimbley, how dare you put a ring on world's edge that heads towards lava? Oh, right. Time, man. So it's thermal station. Thermal station is where it goes. You have 11 teams that enter ring five and only six remain as, as ring six rears its big head in the open. It is three teams fighting tirelessly in the final ring on the platform just southwest of thermal station. And a three, a clean 3v3 occurs in the final ring where it is Estrell after being allowed to heal up. I mean, this was one of those games that's like you actually allow the team to heal up. Like it's not that you didn't push the team after they got, I think what happened in this game was you had a trail that had just fought the other team that was still alive. You had reckless lads that were, that were just like sitting there, didn't push when a had just wiped this team because Estrell was hurt. Right. And so reckless lads allows Estrell to heal up and then they try to move in for the quick and easy push. And it just doesn't happen. So then you have uh, Estrell coming out on top over Reckless Lads, and they, of course, have a Valk, a Gibby, and a Wraith combo, um, the sweet little combo there. And you will see a very, very consistent winning combo these two days. Like, it's very consistent with Valk, Gibby, and Wraith. So then we have Game 2, where the ring forces teams towards Geyser, whereby uh, ring one, you already have nearly eight teams posted up in Geyser. I mean, this was one of those ones where they show you the map of teams and you can't even see Geyser because all the little arrows are all over Geyser. So they're Good sitting time. there awaiting final rings. You had ring two and three that claim the lives of five teams as they fight between uh, between they fight as they try to push from north. So they try to push from Fragment East area into Geyser and teams are getting eliminated as they try to push that way. Yet 11 teams fight to take the middle of Geyser as ring five begins. There are teams in the caves, teams in the buildings, teams in the open, and ring five ends with seven teams still. Seven teams with a ton of open area, and the only two areas in uh, in the final uh, fifth ring is two little small buildings for these teams to just kind of sit in. <laughs> and let's just say that chaos ensues, and you actually have four teams fight while the final ring closes and it's inside the ring that wins the game because they have the high ground at the Northern or at the Northwestern Eastern part of geyser near the building up on the hill. So they push down, they have the best ground. And of course, what combination are they running? They're running the Valk, the Gibby and the Wraith for game two. It's inside the ring that wins that game. So then Doctor we have man. game. Yeah. I like, I actually thought that was a really cool name. Really, really cool name. I'm so, surprised nobody else took it, honestly. Like, what's your name? Inside the ring. <laughs> we get that you're playing that. No, no, no. That's that's our name. We're inside the ring. <laughs> yeah, no. So then on game three, we have a northern lava city final ring. So we have a lot of lava going on here. Uh, coming as buildings in lava city begin to fill it with teams. I mean, this is one of those, again, where, where teams are on teams are on teams. Big Mod is actually what gets the love here. And this is like one of the coolest final circles. Big mod is such a good POI. I love big mod final circles. They're literally like some of the best 
final circles. Like, oh my god. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened here. Like, you had a team, you had two teams on top of Big Mod, you had a couple teams in the middle of Big Mod, you had teams on low ground in Big Mod, you had a bunch of people firing from high ground, firing from low ground, trying to trying to ash up to the high ground, trying to um, wraith around, get there. So basically what it ends up being is a big fight at the very bottom of the Big Mod, at the, the feet of Big Mod, where you have Dreamfire who seem to be struggling. I mean, even the cashers call it, they're going to be wiped at any second. But Dreamfire ends up taking the dub with confidence and patience as three other teams fight against him. And it is the beautiful, beautiful alternator that claims to win here. I mean, this dude, like, hip <laughs> fires the alternator. Like, he's throwing candy out to a bunch of kids and just completely wipes, <laughs> wipes his squad, right? So we You have get that- an alternator shot. You get an <laughs> alternator shot. And you get cracked shields. Call him Oprah Winfrey. Exactly. And and again, what combination is it? It's the Vout, Gibby, and Wraith that win the match here. Great job, Dreamfire, on a Game 3 win. We then had Game 4. The final ring is in Thermal Station. Teams come from staging to make their way to the ring. Nine squads placed all over the ring as, six, as Ring 6 begins to occur. Um, teams are basically right beside each other and not fighting. They're taking lawn shots from above the cliff. Um, into thermal station, but it's NXL Wolfpack that denies Estro their second win on a bunch of jerks that take that wow. away from that's them. rude. Yeah, Big well, mean. How, how dare you? They work hard for <laughs> that's that. What I was and say. You just come in and you're like, look, I know Beyonce was great or whatever, whatever the heck. Stupid. Sorry, I messed up that whole reference. Drake sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So NXL Wolfpack, that's a cool name though. I think that's a really cool name. Uh, but they take they dominate Estrell for the second win. Sucks for Estrell. Um, but again, an XL Wolfpack is running that Vout, Gibby, and Wraith combo. It's the only thing that's working so far by game four, but that quickly changes with game five. So game five, there are only 16 squads left as ring one closes. This is the most squads going down in ring one that I think I've ever seen. The ring looks to go towards Lava City while teams stand on top of each other in Lava City buildings. The final ring will be out in the open between the dome and the cave at Lava City. It's Gibby Bubbles um, that that claim the spot here, right? Gibby Bubbles will be a necessity as Lava City teams need to start thinking about how to rotate. A huge open fight occurs where Reignite, your leaders, take first place with the DJ Gibby skin, man. So uh, great job by Reignite here. Reignite ran the Valk, the Gibby, and the Caustic. So Finally, a team that's not running Vout, Gibby, and Wraith um, take the win. So that was really cool to see um, that that it wasn't just going to be Vout, Gibby, Wraith all the time. So then we get into game six where we have ring four sees 15 teams as teams try to find home in the ring just northeast of Lava Siphon. So we're continuing to be on this south end of the map. They try to find home at the at Lava Siphon at the bridge as the ring plants itself in the valley towards Geyser. So that big open valley that you can run through and get shot in at Geyser. Then you come to find out there's a couple of rats. There's actually three teams that only have one person left taking pog shots to spice up the lobby. There's no team in the valley and all are spread around it as they will be forced to enter the valley once the ring starts going in. And it's We Are Trash from the low ground. Actually, yeah, the low ground um, with Savior Heavier as Watson setting up fences to separate himself 
from the other opponent and he PKs the enemy to the dome for the win. This was actually a really cool moment. Imagine all those teams fighting in the Valley there after having been forced off the high ground around the Valley. Uh, the team wipes that other team uh, and then on the other teams to start to fight each other and two go down on each. And the only ones available at that point, I think are the Valk on the other team and the Watson and the, and the Watson savior heavier puts fences in between himself and the other player and the other down players of their team as, and so he uses the Watson fence to keep that barrier from the other player and wins the one V one because he has that advantage. I mean, if the other character, if the other player pushed towards him, they were going to get stunned by the Watson fences. So very, very interesting one V one there to take the dub, but great job by uh, we are trash for that win. So Dr. Shrimpley with that. And well, of course that changes up the meta for the day as well, because we actually have a Valk, a Gibby and a Watson, the return of Watson in this game coming to claim the win here. Um, but, but Dr. Shrimpley, why don't you go ahead and give us the overall leaders from that day? You want me to do all 20? Cause I'll do it. Uh, we'll do, let's go ahead and do the top eight. Top eight. Top eight. Fine. All right. In eighth place, it's a uh, pairing guy or pairing. Yeah. Pairing guy esports with 38 points. After that, in seventh place, it's inside the ring with 40 points. Sixth place is Estrel with 43 points. Fifth place, it's BRP with 47 points. And then in fourth place, it's NXL Wolfpack with 47 as well. But due to how the scoring works, they are just that placement higher. In third place, it is We Are Trash with 52 points. In second place, it's We Are God Gamers. Well, with 53 <laughs> points, pretty that's pretty decent, but just not good enough to beat out Reignite in first place with 75 points. Big Man. numbers. Reignite is just ridiculous. Like scoring 117, that's almost unheard of in any ALGS um, match day. Like it's just not something that's heard of. And then even they only won one game, right? <laughs> this. Out of all six matches, they only won one game. And I believe the other couple of games, they didn't even come, like a couple of them, they come out top five. But in like the two of them, they didn't even come out in like top 10. So very interesting to see that there. So the the games they did play, that just proves that kills matter. Kills matter in ALGS. It's, it's it, People will kills say, no, it's placement. Matter. No, it's kills. It's no, no, so kills like, matter. People don't understand is kills matter just as much as placement because if you get really good placement every time but no kills who cares literally nobody mm -hmm. because it takes one team to get 15 kills which we know a bunch of these teams can do and boom they're tied with you yeah yeah so very interesting there man very very good day um very very meta like mm -hmm. teams there you had the gibby the valk and the wraith oh, win oh, the oh, majority oh. of those games but there was a watson in there yeah, <laughs> Watson spice it up. So, uh, you know, and we actually can't say that for the second day on November 20th, when a versus D happened, um, that was not the case. No Vout Gibby, uh, Wraith as far as, uh, I don't even think any of these games. Yeah. There was no Vout Gibby Wraith winning on, on the second day. So let me go ahead and get into those. So on game one, the ring starts off the day near climatizer. I'm going to say climatizer, a lot in the next three minutes. Just, just you know bear you with me. Say that again. Oh, I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. 
Game one, we have the ring starts off the day near Climatizer, where even in ring four, we still see 18 teams. So with a slow start, a very, very, very slow start where I've already watched six games and I'm trying to cram in the next six. This is really, really hard. Um, We have game one being slow. But Ring 5 makes the difference. Ring 5 makes the difference as Lava Plus teams block as many teams from entering that final ring near the edge of the map past Climatizer. I mean, it's just a a stream of lava. And so what I put here is by this time I had become kind of slap happy after watching a lot of ALGS. I said, this kind of reminds me of a Big Mac. Just teams on teams chipping away at our health as we sit here and wait to see what happens. Just like a big net chipping away at your health. (laughs) Yeah. So that's exactly what this was like. That little building just right in Climatizer was seeing like a bunch of teams stacked up. But it's the battle of Gibby Bubbles and ults that occur as Team Burger takes away the game number one due to the gold armor. It was very interesting. This 1v1 occurred between a Gibby with gold armor and another, it was either another Gibby or Valk. And this Valk does not shoot at the Gibby with gold armor at all. and just allows the Gibby to pop a couple cells off. Like, <laughs> like, come on, bro. I was sitting there like whenever I was watching it, I was like, shoot, just shoot. <laughs> so, Please. It was, I'm it was so not, bored. I know it was not happening. So then, Game two occurs, and where else does it go? Another circle pulling towards Climatizer, but say. this no, I don't say freaking <laughs> Climatizer. Uh, but this one ends up just to the southeast, right, of Epicenter. So yeah, we're still going towards Climatizer, but we do have Epicenter, and it ends up near the bridge that goes towards Overlook. So you get that little bridge that goes over the lava there. Right. So only 16 remains with a stream of lava between them. So this was one of those moments where like you had some people up on the bridge. You had some people on the epicenter side of the lava. You had some people on the overlook side of the lava. And the questions was, was how was the people from epicenter going to get over to the other area? And of course they do, they do the horrible way through the Valkults and all that kind of stuff. And it just gets, it gets really, really messy. And that's where like the Valk versus octane to me, just the octane in that moment would have been a lot better. But so there's basically one bridge and, um, you know, I don't hate this, right? So there was a 3v3v3v1, right? But it's Rhett that holds the RV for the win. So there's an RV just sitting randomly there, like some of these random parts of World's Edge. The RV sitting there. Rhett's just literally camping inside this RV as the 3v3v1 happens. And then they just walk out and kill the last team. It's just like, okay, well, that was the most anticlimactic ending <laughs> Like this was, it was just like yeah. sudden drop of interest. Um, but we finally have a different comp with a Gibby, a crypto and an ash, right? Ooh, very, spicy. very cool there. Yeah. The ash man was interesting, but again, like I said, these were a bunch of camping kids because of the crypto. So you know what, red, we'll give it to you this time, but next time let's see a little bit more action. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we have game three. Wait, 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 hold up, hold up. Game three. Let me guess. What? We go to Climatizer, good, don't we? So what is it about this <laughs> that gum part of the map, bro? <laughs> what, what in ALGS? Did you, what, who writes this sh- stuff? I'm sorry, language barrier. But oh, you got it. On, you got man, it, buddy. Right? So basically, in my in my notes here, I put the word beep because I'm like, 
I don't want to see Climatizer again. Like I'm sitting here watching these games and I'm like, oh, if I see the word Climatizer pop up on my screen one more time, I'm about to slap that word off my screen. And I paid a lot for this monitor. Uh, so, but basically the ring looks just to be in the north of Epicenter towards Survey Camp. So this was it. So we saw the first ring pass Climatizer to the north. The second game ring was just towards Overlook. And then this ring was like, okay, we'll just pop up near Survey Camp. Ooh. Great, we'll just mess with you, Geo. Um, so this game ends up being Snipe City as people make their way up the hill of Epicenter to get comfortable position. Basically, team saying, if you can't hit your shot, get the heck out of this lobby because you don't deserve to be here. You have rocks, you have shipment boxes, you have snows. Snow as all teams fight for the win as only the teams that fight, they're the end of the teams that had been chilling. I don't even know what I wrote there. Basically, these people have been chilling between behind rocks shipment containers and all that. And all of a sudden they just start fighting. Um, Valk ulting kills the third team as if there's three teams left in the final ring, but it's ogre three that takes the game out with what they called magic, which was simply, I'm going to push the team that killed the team that Valk ulted. And we're going to call that magic. So in reality, it really wasn't magic. Um, not at all, but the magic did come from their One of their players was using a long ball. And let, well, let me tell you, the long bow was just nasty. This dude was hitting like hip fire, like distant shots with the longbow, zooming in, quick scoping like a crazy nut. Like he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was on something. But they were running the Valk Gibby and Caustic because Caustic needs some love, man. This dude is so good. The fact that he's not being played in casual as much as he should just blows my mind. So then we got game four where uh, quick work begins to happen. The 16 teams are left by the end of ring two. And I comment here, yay, we have some action. Thank you, God, because this has been Well, hold up. I'm going to let you finish, day. but I bet we go to Climatizer again, don't we? No. No, we oh. actually don't this time. But oh. we do. <laughs> we, we actually see the ring has been placed between Thermal Station and Harbor. The final ring shows up inside of a lake of lava. <laughs> just like, Oh, yeah, thank God. Uh, Even better. <laughs> let's just like escape climatizer which has streams of lava and now let's just put the, put the circle Jesus. like literally the line in this circle is pointing directly at the lava right there just north east of of thermal station so it was very interesting ring um so sometimes apex just wants games to be stressful right so you had uh one solo and two full squads the question is what can happen what will do? What will happen next? Will the rat win? Absolutely not. But he'll get second place. <laughs> this guy was sitting in. So you got the lava that's just to the. Actually, I think this was to the south of uh, Thermal Station. And he was sitting in the rock crevice looking lava. And so this uh, the other teams, uh, the other team Valk ults up to get to the high ground of the team looking down at the Thermal Station. And basically gets wiped immediately. And then you just see the windscreen come up and the windscreen occurs because the guy that was sitting over the lava just falls in the lava and dies. But he got second place. So it's okay. Right, Dr. Shrimpley? It's perfectly okay. No, <laughs> no, it's not okay. We need violence and, and points. Dang it. Very interesting there. And actually the team called PK takes the win. Uh, from the other Valk as they alter their death. And then uh, PK plays with the Valk, the Gibby, and the Loba, Loba combination. Let's go Loba. Um, so then ring five, we actually have a dome ring. And so I put, why don't we get these more in my Apex games? I absolutely love all of the fights at dome that occur in LGS. It's like Gibby 
central. I mean, you have Gibby O's going here, Gibby O's going there. Um, but dome rings just seem fun and they look, and they're really fun in LJS. You always have a lot of teams that show up in the final ring. Ring five has all of the dome buildings in it. Like literally, if you look, if you drew a perfect circle around the buildings at dome, that's where this ring was. It's like, it was like the dome, right? Of ring of, of dome. So really, really cool there. Um, the kill leader only has three kills by the time ring five hits like boring. AF is what I put here. <laughs> Super boring. Um, and this ending is like a bad hooch, right? You ever had bad hooch of like horrible mixtures of fruit and alcohol that weren't supposed to mix together. And it just was nasty. You ever had that Dr. Shrimpley? No, nah, I just, I just generally pour a lot of drinks into a glass and drink it and go, mm, don't do that again. <laughs> well, I was, I was in a fraternity in college and let me tell you, there's a thing such as bad hooch. There's, there's over alcoholic hooch that like, if you get too much alcohol in it and there's some hooch, it's like who, who put bananas with whatever the heck this is to say any, like, it's like, what, what is these two fruits doing in the same bowl? Um, you know, most of the time the best hooch had Skittles in it, but basically the hooch here was Valk rockets, Gibby ults, caustic ults, wraith portals, um, Valk ults, Gibby stuff, more caustic stuff, more race stuff some ash stuff, some other stuff. So basically just a whole bunch of stuff being thrown around to see who's going to come out on top, but it's Sudoroku, Sudoroki, something like that. I think that's the word. Sudoraiku. There you go. Sudoraiku. (laughs) So they take it with a PK to the dome on the final enemy. And they of course have a Valk, Gibby and a Caustic. And then we go into our final game of the weekend. The final game takes us to an area of no lava. Thank the Lord. Like, Come on. We needed an area. We didn't get an area near countdown near skyhook anywhere near there, or even in the fragments, this entire two days of play, no areas in either one of those areas that you could maybe, you know, on the fragment East side where there's no lava or on the, you know, a little bit towards countdown where there's absolutely no lava. So we finally get a ring that's just Northwest of staging. So instead of lava, we get a ring with a Valley in it. That's just this glorious ring for just death and destruction as teams ends up near the bridge above staging and their force around a rock that kind of looks like a turd on the map. Um, it really, it really does look like a turd. Like if you look at that little rock that sits to the, to the West of landslide, it looked like a turd, like a turd and a toilet bow um, in the ring. So, so we had six teams fall as ring five closes. This is what we like to see an ending to a long day. You like to see a lot of death and that's exactly what occurred on that hillside. Um, just north of staging. We had three versus three versus three versus one again um, as a ring forces the final four teams in the Valley to fight. This is the reason why Gibby is the top choice. Absolute reason why Gibby is the top choice. Gibby is the top choice for ALGS because of those bubbles in open areas where there's nothing to uh, block you. There's nothing to save you from bullets. Gibby bubbles are OP AF in those areas. And we see that all these teams are running Gibby's. And they start putting their bubbles up, and it's whoever's Gibby bubble goes down first that dies first. So it's PK that takes their second win of the weekend for the final time of the final day with the Valk, Gibby, and Loba. And so that is all of your games for the ALGS Apex South Week 4. Why don't you go ahead and tell us the leaders of Day 2? All right. So with the leaders of Day 2, I'd like to say that there was a bit of a shakeup. All right. So in 8th place, we have Team X-Spark. 43 points team 
Yep, I've got nothing, Chief. I don't. <laughs> it's A T H X H V I. Wow, wow. I don't know. Just don't wait. No, wait. Which one? No, wait. That's Kokui. Kokuku. We're going with. They it. have Just forty-four don't. points in sixth place. We have ExoClan with forty-seven points. In fifth place, we have Team Burger with fifty-three Burger. points. Fourth place is Ogre Three. Mr. Krabs. 54. Oh my God! Are you are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? This monster and, has me feeling it, brother. I tell you what, dude. In third place, it's Sudoraiku with fifty-six points. Sudoroku? In second, no, it's Sudoraiku. I swear <laughs> to God, you. I don't want to hear it. Asia, Africa, the one you messed up. Get out of here. <laughs> in second place, it's Rage Int Team. Okay, Rage Enterprises. <laughs> it's got to be Rage Enterprises. There's no way that they just used ENT. Fifty-seven points, and this is this is where it gets really different. All right, it, in first place, it's Primus Commander. Primus Commander? I don't know, man. Team, team PK. Points. Yeah, team, team PK. Team PK. Dope. With sixty-seven points, which is a big lead over their second-place counterparts. And with that, I would like to thank, or I guess we would like to thank Battlefy. You can catch them at Battlefy.com. They're the ones that we get all this from. Super helpful. Super thankful for them for doing all the work for us. We didn't have to. (laughs) Exactly. And with that, we've got our week four uh, leaders, overall leaders, right? Yeah, week four. So these are the, so we told you going into week four, who the leaders were. And so now we're going to tell you how far reignite is above all the rest. So let's go ahead and get into that. God talk about a foreshadowing. So in 10th place, it's stinky (laughs) B. Oh yeah. 16 points. All right. And then in ninth place, it's MBF with 17. Then we have eighth place ogre three with 18. Then in number seven, we have PK with 20. And then number six, we've got that ATHX heavy. I wonder what the H stands for. It's got to be heavy uh, with 20 points. Number five, inside the ring with 21 whoop, whoop. points. And number fourth, it's lightning unicorn. Imagination. Imagination. Oh, <laughs> 22 points. <laughs> in third place, it's Exo, but not Matt with 25 points because he was yeah, in our chat. Yeah. Right? Number two, it's Team Burger with 26 points. Now, I, I feel like, you know what? I feel like you have the energy for this. In first place, who do we have? We have Reignite with 43 points. I mean, these guys are whooping. They tell in. I mean, they are open a can of whoop butt on these other teams. It, what's crazy here, right? 17 Listen to me. points. That's what's crazy. Listen to my voice. <laughs> Listen to me, brother. Uh, between 10th and 2nd place, we have eight points. Eight points. So this this like top five here that's gonna be going on playoffs could be anybody, right? Anybody. But that top one spot is not gonna be touched. I don't care. You could take a 10-foot pole and try to touch Reignite right now, and it wouldn't happen. You could take my pole and try to touch Reignite right now, and it wouldn't happen. Well, my pole probably wouldn't even touch number 10. Let's be honest there, Dr. Shrimpley. But, oh my lord. <laughs> but we do have Reignite in first place with 43 points. And to be honest with you, if we were to cover Apex South again next week or the week after that, or probably the week, week 10, or maybe even week 20, or maybe even at the end, Reignite is probably still going to be up by 20 points in any of those lobbies. That's insane. That's pure dominance right there. So with that, our uh, 
team comps based on the positional lobbies. We had number three comp that was chosen was Octane, Bloodhound, and Gibby. Good choice. Don't, I mean, nothing wrong with that. Good rotations, no. good scans, and of course, a good old Gibby bubble. And then after that, it's Bloodhound, Wraith, and Gibby. Just talking about some good old, old school Apex right there. Yeah. And then in first place, Caustic, Valk, and Gibby as the most what, chosen what? ones. Dude, that comp is nuts. You've got the two heavy set thick boys who take less damage. Gibby Bubble knocks gas, and then Valk, so you can go wherever you want, land wherever you want. It's just mm. big. Mm, sounds great. Yeah, taking in all that gas, messing with your mind. Let's go, brother. Getting high as hell. <laughs> Let's do it. Don't do so, drugs. <laughs> you know, so one of the cool things here is while we do have some interesting comps the the ones that's coming out on top in all of these regions all the four we've covered so far have a valk a gibby and some other character right and that's exactly what leads us into our final topic today and that is exactly why you're here our final topic because you know we thank you for listening to apex south but this final topic is interesting really 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 cool so when we think of characters dominating the last few seasons of Apex, one of the number one characters that comes to your mind is Valk. Valk has been one of the best additions to the game as far as a standout character, right? You had a Ryzen, who for a while was kind of a standout character, but has not stayed standout. You've had Fuse that just wasn't a standout character. I mean, he was fun to play, but he wasn't a standout character. Um, and really the only person that's touched Valk in any capacity is Ash. But Ash has still not come to the level that Valk has come. Valk has a unique set of skills um, that we will talk about here in a minute. But she is just someone that you want on your team. And so some of the cool things here is I want to go over all the different combinations of Valk and just hand them out to you. So so let me just tell you this. The number one picked character in all of ALGS is Gibby. Gibby is your number one picked character for a reason. His shields. Um, his bubble shields, his gun shield, the ability to not take as much damage in that area, his ult being able to put uh, put some distance between you and another team, his ult being able to do a lot of work and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you have pick, teams pick Gibby for a reason, right? And his ability to revive, when that got added into the bubble, that just put a, a cherry on the top. But then you have uh, Valk, who does all these great things. Like I said, we're going to cover that in a second. And then you want to add a third. It's kind of like, man, I have my peanut butter and my jelly and I need to figure out what kind of bread I'm going to have around these, right? That's exactly what needs to happen. That's what this is, right? So the different combinations that we're seeing in ALGS, the prominent combinations are Valk Gibby Wraith, Valk Gibby Caustic. Those are your top two right there. Top two. Your Valk Gibby Wraith and your Valk Gibby Caustic um, are two of the top two. Um, now, Wraith, the Valk Gibby Wraith actually for like the first three weeks wasn't that prominent, but week four, a lot of teams played that. Uh, then we have Valk Gibby Ash because Ash just came out. That's a pretty good combination. Valk Gibby Crypto, Valk Gibby Loba, and then Valk Gibby Watson. Watson has only been recently at all. Um, one of the, the bigger ones out of these, again, is the Valk Gibby Loba. Loba has actually been consistently played um, across all regions for for all four weeks so far. Uh, one of the, one of the characters that's been kind of those, Oh, well that team has a Lobo. That's awesome. And you know, people have won with Lobo on the team. So you, you always see a Valk Gibby and one of these other characters. And so 
the the topic here that we're covering is the rise of Valk and the fall of Wraith movement legend pick rate. So who's getting picked? What movement legends are available? What movement legends are being picked? And what does that look like um, in the ALGS? And so we had a, a, a article put out by Ben Sledge, and we'll have the link in the description. Uh, but Ben Sledge named this article, The Rise of Valkyrie, How Valk Usurped Wraith as Queen of Apex Legends Esports. So I, I will be honest, Valk did take the queen spot, but Valk did not wipe Wraith from the face of ALGS. She did not do that. So I like that one of the things I really like about how he did this was he starts the article with there were once three guarantees in life. I feel like this is the, like the Joker from Batman telling me this before he kills me. There were once three guarantees in life, my friend. Death, taxes, and 20 race in every lobby of a competitive Apex Legends match. Right? That was you like... You know how I got these scars? It's a sweaty TTV race with a stupid heirloom. <laughs> it's like sex, drugs, and rock and roll here. That's what we've got going on here. We've got death. We got... Uh, what did, did I say taxes? Yeah. Death, taxes, and uh, I guess there are, oh, yeah, death, taxes. Okay, I'm talking about life here. For some reason, I thought something was going on there. So, death, taxes, and 20 race in every Apex Legends lobby. So, let's talk about the pick rate stats. So, we have 11% of players picking Wraith in ranked matches. This is regular ranked matches, and only 6.7 who pick Valk. That's in regular ranked play. According to Apex Legends SIG Labs, which if you don't go look at SIG Labs stuff, like, you need to. If you watch ALGS, you want you want to go see like the breakdown of all the stats. Go there. He has interactive stats on his website, all that kind of good stuff. Fifty-seven percent of teams in North America had a Valk on the board. Fifty-seven percent, more than half. Right? I can do math. Fifty-seven <laughs> is is greater than fifty or forty-nine. Right? Uh, but compared to that, there's only thirty percent picking Wraith. So the question is, is you know, while Wraith is getting picked in ranked matches, why is why is this opposite? For an ALGS. So let's just talk about these pick rates real quick. So race decline actually came before Valk was out of the game is what he pulls out here, right? He says that race decline actually occurred in season eight's Octane's jump pad buff. That is exactly when Wraith started getting played less was when Octane got buffed, not when Valk entered the game, but when Octane got birthed, buffed and so he's got a a, a a chart there that shows the the fall of um wraith he's got all these different uh the different events that happen and then he's you'll see on there that that Valk comes out past when Wraith starts to drop and of course that's because of octane so with the octane change with the changes to octane and the addition of Valk, crows now have choices between three different movement characters instead of just wraith right so before Valk came before Octane got buffed, all you had was Wraith. That's exactly all you had. And actually, with the addition of Ash, we actually have now four choices that occur now. But if we take if we take Octane, we take Wraith, and we take Valkyrie, we put their their picks on a chart. You know, of course, we have for the longest time we have Wraith on the top being picked a ton. We have Octane never being picked. But then we see as his jump pad got buffed, you see Octane and Wraith meet in the middle as far as pick rates go for the ALGS. And then shortly after that, you see the rise of Valk, right? To kind of usurp both of these people and take get, they 
Valk actually gets more picks than Octane and Wraith past that, right? So here's what the guy had to say about Wraith, and I really like this. So Wraith has a great kit. She's able to disappear and avoid damage. I mean, what, what, who doesn't want that ability, right? How many times have you thought about, you know, you know, the amount of times you got hurt in life and you're just like, man, if I could have just made my knee disappear before I hit it or my, how many times, how many times Dr. Shrimpley, have you stubbed your toe and you're like, man, if my toe wasn't there, that wouldn't have hurt. Right. <laughs> it's enough time. Right. Enough. Um, not only that, she can not only can she disappear, but she can portal to transport not not only transport herself, but transport her teammates out of any sticky situation. She's also the perfect scout because of her low or uh, small hitbox and her ability to kind of be she's a small character, right? So she can kind of just kind of get into places and then she can phase out or she can portal out or she can go into an area. Uh, set the portal scout and then tell the other teammates to come through the portal to push. Right. She's that also allows for, for rapid rotations. And again, like I said, she has the smallest hitbox um, pretty much in the game. Uh, I think maybe, maybe Watson or lifeline come close to her, but I'm pretty sure race still has the smallest, but what does he say about Valk? The jetpack offers unique capabilities, right? The ability to fly up at any time. You've got the skyward dive that lets teams reposition quickly and relatively safely. I mean, you see this all the time in ALGS. If they want, if they want, they can now land as far from the ring as they need to because they have a Valk to get into the ring as quickly as they have to. Right. So you see that all the time. And you also see a bunch of people that that should not have pushed that button. <laughs> should not oh, have took yeah. off. Uh, but they they can use that to get, of course, get out of sticky situations. You also then have the HUD that highlights where opponents are while you're in flight of the characters in the line of sights. You have the rockets that are good for getting angles when you need to see your opponent. Like if you want to fly up a little bit, then use the rockets to move an opponent out of the way. You can do that because they're going to leave because they're going to see that they're going to get hit. And of course, those rockets slow people as well. Um, but you know what, what really with ALGS, what this really does is rotations are a lot safer because you have the added Intel as you're flying down. And so you can choose where to land and to make sure that you don't land with other people. Um, and there's no other movement character that does that. When you jump off an octane pad, you don't see every character around unless you just like are actually looking. Uh, you can't see that with Wraith. You can't see that with Pathfinder. It's only Valk that does that. And of course, one of the biggest things, whenever she's paired with Gibby, Gibby's dome will allow her takeoff to be smooth, right? It will, or land, or landing, right? If you take off, you take off at a good spot and you land, Gibby can quickly throw the dome down to protect you from any kind of harm, right? So Dr. Tremblay, wouldn't you agree when you look at these two characters, either one works fine, but Valk still kind of has the upper hand. Yeah, Valk's been someone I've been playing a lot more recently, and I just... She offers a lot in terms of unique movement that you can rapidly change on the fly, literally, and just <laughs> that you, you don't get out of Wraith. Like, her ability to take high ground whenever she wants is great. Her rockets are great for offense and defense. She can reposition. She can scan beacons and scans in the air. I mean, literally, her jetpack is a passive. Like, just come on. It's, it's so good. Yeah, and I and I really on the normal show, I want to do a deep dive on Valk. Um, I feel like this guy kind of offers some great insight on Valk and and why people pick her. 
Um, but I think that we need to do a deep dive on her more and, and really understand what makes her that great. Right. So be looking out for that on our normal show. Um, but of course I want to cover some of his final statements. So stats show that we are now seeing again, like I said, the, the rise of a Valk, a Gibby and a Wraith combo. I mean, if you can't, if it, if it goes with, you know, the great thing about apex is there's three people on every team, right? Valk only makes up one spot. Gibby of course has your second spot. And you can just put Wraith in third because Wraith is a good character. You can still use her to scout. You can still use her to push teams. And then you also will have the Valk there to back you up and just take you in the air. So you'll have the, the low ground movement and you'll have the high ground movement, right? Um, he says, so if Wraith's decline correlated more with a hitbox change, an octane buff, and an ash addition than the introduction of Valkyrie, who did Valk actually replace? Can you give us that, Dr. Shipley? Who did Valk actually replace? So, based on his final statements, and actually, I fully agree with this. He says that she replaces Bloodhound, which 100% agree. Like, as the leader says, he says, Valk's rise to the top is correlated with rapid declines of the use of both Bloodhound and Octane, which shows her design manages to capture the best of both characters, which is true. She gives you scans when you're in the air, along with that redeploy. Because you, I think people who lean on Bloodhound too much for those scans, it's a crutch they don't need. Because a lot of times they waste it when they already know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Man, they lazy. Like exactly. It, like Valks. The one thing I like about Valks is they're constantly moving. You want to move. That's because it's a movement character. Bloodhound is not. I mean, Bloodhound's like okay. I'm going to sit in this building and I'm going to scan every few minutes so that i can figure out if somebody's going to be if somebody else is sitting outside of it now there is areas where bloodhound is stronger in final rings bloodhound's great but there's two things right bloodhound is great in final rings for finding the the area where the other teams are but valk i've seen plenty of games where valk can take off in the final ring and land on the high ground even out of bounds high ground launch some grenades down because she has seconds to spare and then kill people. So uh, whenever you're looking at these two characters, you still have to go with the, the Valk, I think. And and it just shows how powerful this character is. And, and for ALGS specifically, it was, it wasn't until after season nine that teams actually started playing less bloodhound, right? It wasn't until that time that they said, okay, we're going to see this, this change in, 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 in picking Valk over Bloodhound and then putting the combo with somebody else. We don't even need a Bloodhound on our team anymore. Um, and that didn't come till season nine. And I like what he says here um, as he, as he kind of closes up his thing. He says, it goes to show the intricate, can you say that word for me there, Dr. Shipley? Intricacies. There you go. I cannot speak. Intricacies of Apex Legends esports are far more complex than what they may seem on the surface and that's before you leave the character selection screen so even before you even get into the rotations the the shot calling all that it all starts on that character selection screen when teams are deciding how they want to play the game so you know very very interesting uh conversation here in this document in this uh in this uh, article by Ben Sledge. We appreciate you putting it out there because Valk is definitely one as we've entered into ALGS and understanding ALGS 
I've I've had a hard time seeing why people pick Valk as much as they do. I get the rotation. I get that. I just don't enjoy the character as much as other people do. But a lot of people enjoy her. For me, I, as an Overwatch person, I, I could never play Farah. So seeing Valk, I just I just wasn't that That's interested. That's the main her. I never Man, even I, thought about that. I'm horrible with Valk. That's with, such with a Valk. comparison. Any, any flight characters I'm horrible with. And Valk is... Valk is equivalent to Farah as far as team fights go. Like very, very similar. Very, very similar. So with that, we thank Ben Sledge again for the awesome article. Make sure you check the description below where we will plug that article along with any other links that we've used throughout the show. Um, with that, let's go ahead and close out the show. We'd like to thank you for listening. And of course, we want you to visit our link tree at linktree forward slash BR underscore broadcast where you'll find out find out where we are. We're on a lot of places. We're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on Overcast, we're on Twitter, we're on Twitch, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're everywhere, and we are posting in all these places, and of course, one of the most best places you can find us is Discord. You can talk to all of us. Our Discord has like 80-something people in it. It's a really great place to hang out. I post a lot of the notes in there. I post all the topics in there early. Um, I help you, you all help me in the Discord to get together all my notes and stuff. I mean, it's awesome that I'm able to use the community like that and that you all are able to use us to get all your information that you need. And of course, if you would like to become a Patreon, you go to patreon.com forward slash BR underscore broadcast, where you can be a contributor for only as little as $1 a month. And the most we go to $1 and the most we actually go up to is five. So we actually just added a new Patreon that we will discuss in the next episode of of um broadcasts so we'll, we'll bring him up he's a great guy his name is crazy so you know a little plug you there. know you know foreshadow right there for your next episode we're going to talk about crazy a little bit because that is my boy crazy is my boy so uh we thank you crazy for being a patreon um and so exciting stuff there as we continue to grow we we love the growth that's happening here we love hearing from you all and we love the community um, and so with that, why don't you go ahead and give us your social media, Dr. Shipley? All right. Well, thank God I am nothing but a simpleton on Twitter, <laughs> Twitch, Origin, Steam, Instagram, and Discord. Well, I'll do Discord last. You will find me at Dr. Shrimpley. And on Discord, it is Dr. Shrimpley number 4587. Hit yeah. me up for all your needs. I do all the things. So you're four five eight seven. So I came before you because I'm four five seven four, baby. What's up? What's up? Claim the title number I'll one. Cap you. <laughs> if you want to find me, just message any of the broadcast uh, social media. So just go to bri- linktree forward slash br underscore broadcast. Message there. That is me, right? That's pretty much me um, all the For time. Hundred sure. percent. It's you. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a lot of work, but we get it done. You'll you'll see something go out on this episode tomorrow. Right. I have it out there. Um, and then of course, yeah, I'll have this episode edited tonight. It's really, it's not a long episode, so it's great. Um, <laughs> and then you can find me on discord at geo number four, five, seven, four, of course, uh, add me message me. And then in, uh, on apex it's do mash underscore geo. Uh, that's M a S underscore G E O M a S H. I don't know why I did that. M a S H underscore G E O where I can accept your game invite there and we will play together and have some fun and kill some people, throw some people in lava, ride a trident around some water and probably never seen King's Canyon again for a while. Thank God. Yeah. 
Uh, no, no. And then, of course, if you play arenas with me, I play Loba now. Thank you, Doctor Shumpley, for introducing me to that. Great God, I can go back to character. playing Valk. Jesus. <laughs> but of course, we'd like for you to please share and uh, rate the show. Right. So you want to share your show with friends, and then you can go and rate rate us and review us on your favorite podcast platform really of choice. Great. Apple Podcasts. I know I'm, I am struggling. I apologize. Since we're at the end of the episode, I'm going to go ahead and apologize. I am, my breathing right now is horrible. I've, I cannot breathe. So this has been an extremely difficult podcast for me. Uh, but thank you all for holding in while we did that. Um, and any of the jumbling of words and all that stuff, I, I apologize. It's just been hard to focus. So with that, let's, we'll see you next time. We'll close this show up now. So appreciate your time. Um, we hope that you can join us for the upcoming interviews and catch us live on Twitch. So that's BR underscore broadcast. Be safe. I love you. <laughs> it feels just saw a big man looking up at me and I was like, all right. Was so daddy. <laughs> all right. Y'all have a good night. Bye. Bye.